It's officially the last show of the year, the last show before we get to our 2021 MMA Awards. And it's the last time we're going to have a bit of some UFC and MMA talk in the great, well, you want to call it the great year, in in the interesting year that was 2021. But ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for, for tuning in to UFC Talk 71. At this point, just 29 more away till we get the big hundo. So that's going to happen, um, you know, a little bit halfway into next year, Blake. So that's going to be a good time. Of course, I'm your host, Ross Allen, joined alongside by the fourth and long MMA correspondent, Blake Campbell. And Blake, uh, just, just... We're going to get into it a little bit more, but just initial thoughts on how 2021 went. Uh, for the UFC as a whole, I mean, I think it went pretty damn well. I think they uh, rose in every single category, number-wise, viewership-wise. So, And then entertainment-wise, I was entertained pretty much all year round. So There wasn't really a bad card. Um, which was nice. Of course, I mean, there were some sneakers, like fight nights and there stuff like that. At least most of the pay-per-views, they all, they all pretty much delivered. Yeah, most of the pay-per-views were pretty on point. This That's year. really all you can ask for, too, you know. If I'm definitely paying money for these cards, I definitely <laughs> want it to be worth it. Oh, boy, we know how that goes. But, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a few things going ahead for you guys here today. Um, we're going to take a look at um, look back at 2021, go over our favorite moments. Um, the fighter that has turned us into a fan this year and also the fighter that might have been the most disappointing as well. We're going to take a look over the UFC. Are they screwing over Francis Ngannou? Are we getting a best-of-seven series between Colby Covington, Kamar Usman? And also... <laughs> Jake Paul is on full uh, was a fire control right now um, because ooh his rematch with Woodley did not sell too well if you want to put it that way. We're going to also take a look kind of for Salvera and what we learned most from this year. But before we get into our favorite moment of the year, ladies and gentlemen, just a couple of things, housekeeping items. Of course, we got a lot of stuff coming out now and coming out later and coming out before the first card of the year because we're doing a bunch of collabs. Got a bunch of stuff going down right now, some more fighter interviews coming out. The MMA content may not be going crazy right now, but we I promise we're going to keep it pumping for you guys. Of course, there's that Joey Rodriguez interview. If you haven't checked that out, please go do that. You can find that at thefourthlong.com forward slash MMA. Of course, it's never too late to get some fantastic apparel. You can find our certified banger collection, you know, kind of brought to you by Blake Campbell in a way, you know, with his weekly bangers that just never miss. You can find that at thefourthbelong.com forward slash apparel. Also, same spot, you can get pre-orders going for this bitchin' trucker cap. But Blake, let's get into things, my friend. First thing we're going to take a look at is our favorite moments of the year. So, what did you find, like, the most fun, the most entertaining, the most exciting What's one of your big takeaways from 2021? Man, there's <clears throat> there's a lot of really good moments. Yeah. But uh, for me personally, I really enjoyed the, the comeback of Tough, mm. the ultimate fighter. And specifically, Ricky Tercios winning the, uh, you know, winning the championship there at the Absolutely. end. So that was, that was probably pretty sweet. You know, his, his motivational speech at the end there in the octagon. And really, like, all the episodes were... You know, maybe not the most entertaining of seasons, and, and we've talked yeah. about this, but fight-wise, I mean, that fight with, what was his name, Brady Heiston? Yes, Brady Heiston. Man, 
That that should be up in there for uh, fight of the year that too. Was, it's probably not going to win, man. but I think it should be in consideration. Eventually, you know, get some get some talk, you know. But uh, yeah, that was probably my probably the most memorable moment for me this year. I'd say being good fights. I think I think it might be in February they booked it, but we're finally getting the real final for the middleweights between Brian Battle and Treshawn Gore. So when, when you I say that was uh, announced in February. Again? February. Yeah, that's gonna be so sweet. I'm super excited about that because we, we all know it was um, Urbina, right? Was in the finals in replacement of of Gore. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, and then I mean, it was a pretty open and shut fight for uh for Brian Battle there, and so he won the he 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 is the tough champion, but I'm ex he did get dropped though or something, right? I feel like I remember him getting clipped in that fight. it was i mean he had a moment or being had the moment but i mean for the most part like of course i'm going from memory because uh, admittedly yeah it's been a while since i've watched this fight and that wasn't the best i feel like that just wasn't the best fight no, battle versus either. gore is a good fight and yeah who knows if we see gore win we'll know like gore gore is a freaking pit bull dude he's, you know when you fight that guy he's gonna come at you with everything he's got right. it was great you were so. right about that because you predicted that brian battle was going to be oh it was going to win the middleweights i had Treshawn gore from the beginning of the season so you're right by default so i think we're finally going to be able to settle between us who, who uh who's right you know who's a better fighter well i mean i'm always going to be right <laughs> you didn't ask who's going to be the better fighter you I know. you're always going who's to be gonna right win. Like, i'm going for like the who's going to win the ultimate fighter i told you who was going to win we based it purely off of last names yeah, we kind of did. And they're the two best name, best last names, absolutely. Battle and Gore. What more do you want in a UFC fight besides a gory battle? It's going to be a gory battle. <laughs> Dude, the the post, I, I can already see the posters in, like, the uh, just the whole um, advertising for that fight leading up to it. It's, it's too easy. Yeah. I love it. I, I am excited for that one, though. But for me, the two moments that really got to me, I... I might get some hate for saying this, but I felt more from Brandon Moreno submitting Figgy and claiming bantamweight gold than I did for Glover claiming light heavyweight gold over over Glover. Or, sorry, not over Glover. Uh, <laughs> over Yon. Over Yon. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I think that was a special I, moment, you know, just, especially just because one? of how good of a guy he is. Because, like, yeah, the, the no. Glover moment was fantastic, but I feel like that was almost a lackluster title win in, in a way. The fight just didn't feel great, but Figueredo versus Moreno was a good fight. Yeah, and I think uh, rematches kind of have a little bit more hype mm -hmm. on them, whereas Glover and, and Jan, it was Unless really you're Woody just... and Paul. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true. Very, very true. Uh but yeah, for for Jan and Glover, I mean, it was a really good fight, but it, it I don't feel like it had that hype element. Mm -hmm. And also, Brandon Moreno, I mean, that was I feel like that was a super emotional reaction he had mm -hmm. in the octagon. You could tell how much it meant to him. I mean, I'm not saying it didn't mean a lot to of Glover course. too. But well, also, remember that I one mean po that one interview he did where he said he was going to be back and he was going to be bantamweight champion. That's yeah, good stuff. I mean, he fulfilled his he fulfilled his promise, and he also was the first Mexican-born champion, like from. From Mexico, not just was like claiming Mexico. No, I want to say it was Tijuana. Yeah, right. I, it, I think so. Uh, so yeah, that's that was pretty cool too to kind of see a whole nation kind of get behind him a little mm -hmm. bit. 
So, I mean, I don't think you're you're far off on that one. I think that was a really, really sweet moment. Yeah, that was that was some cool stuff. I, I love that part of the year. Especially because how, you know, hard Figueredo turned heel in the, right? in the last moments. Him. I don't think, like, that yeah. he was necessarily warranted. I could definitely see why. I didn't hate him, but I wasn't, like, you know, liking him. But they both... It was weird. It was so hot and cold. It was, like, one moment he was being super nice, and the next moment he was just being a complete douchebag saying, I'm going to knock you out and kill oh, you. That and his translator was actually him or was that his translator going crazy? True. <laughs> Never know. Never freaking know unless you speak that language. Right. Which I definitely do not uh, speak Portuguese. No. I, I, I don't know a single word. So, you know, it's all... I'm just going to translate, man. I have to rely on them, ultimately. Um, and then, what fighter kind of really caught your attention this year and turned you, maybe you weren't a fan, maybe you didn't like them, and now you're a fan, maybe you just didn't really know about them, and now you're a fan of them? Uh, so two guys for me, the first one, Dan Hooker, and it's not necessarily because of his results, mm -hmm. obviously, but more so because of just his persona, like his, uh, his character, his humor, uh, the pub talk that he did on YouTube with the Mac Live. Fantastic. I mean, Give us some perfect stuff. I mean, just, template as well, so you have to love Yeah. That. He just seems like one of the boys, you know? Someone that you'd love to drink a pint with. Them Kiwis or something so, else. <laughs> yeah, really, I mean, all those guys. Ty, even Volk is growing on me a little Dude, bit. Dude, Volk's cooking a uh, uh, little Izzy, Instagram. He gets down. Yeah. It's good. And then Izzy is a little bit more of a hot topic or hot button issue depending if you like him or not now but he's he's yeah, polarizing. an entertainer yeah i mean all those guys are awesome uh the other guy that i would say really probably popped off on my radar this year is patty Pimblet. Mm. i just i think he's got the makings of uh another sugar sean another conor mcgregor just a, a, a guy that is polarizing and you're either gonna love him or you're gonna hate him you're not really gonna feel you know, in the middle of we all know him, how Twitter feels about him. Unbelievable. Hey, I feel like half Twitter loves him, half Twitter well, I mean, hates the, him. The and, Twitter and the, itself. <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say Twitter itself despises him. <laughs> was he? Is he on like his fourth account or something like that? Something man. He's he's got trouble. He's got to clean up the language a little I bit. Think there is nothing. Well, oh, I don't know. Can I say that there's nothing wrong with him saying with what he's saying? Are we going to get canceled? Hey, I, I mean, I. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the one reporting him. I'll put it to you that way. <laughs> yeah, that was um definitely a little bit of a hassle that he's been having to go through. I think um a couple of guys that have really jumped off the page for me, uh, Billy Quarantillo, because that guy's just a savage and he's a funny personality, and for kind of the same reasons, um, Adrian Yanez, man. Um, also another guy in kind of like Dan Hooker gave us a fantastic meme template when he's holding up the Dr. Pepper can, you know, it's good stuff. And I, I appreciate him for that. Also, he, they're both just really good fighters at the end of the day too. They're really entertaining. Like Billy Q fought Shane Burgos. And if it wasn't for them having to go on after, uh, Michael Chandler and Justin Gaethje, that probably was five of the night. Five of the night. Any other card that's five of the night. Right. And I, I, I felt bad because when I was watching, I was like, I, I know this is a really good fight. I was like, man, we just saw that though. <laughs> but yeah, but I'm sure, and, and even Dana said in that post post fight press conference, he's gonna take care yeah. of him, which I'm sure yeah, he did absolutely. And uh, also in that same note too, Michael Chandler. I don't know why, but I was, I guess just because I was a casual in terms of 
knowing Bellator fighters. And for some reason, while like initially learning about Michael Chandler and especially how he was like already lined up as the backup, you know, um, fighter in between um, Gaethje and Khabib, that it, myself and like a lot of the UFC and MMA fan base kind of rubbed people the wrong way on that one. But now Michael Chandler is just a freaking gladiator. He doesn't care. He just goes out only has entertaining fights. And also, he's just a really nice dude that can cut a hell of a promo. So I really yeah. you can't not like Michael Chandler. I mean, you can not well, like him, but... Yeah. I'll, but if you don't like Michael Chandler, I kind of think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> of course, but there's also something wrong with him because him and Justin Gaethje are just not going to have brains by the time they're older. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that, man. It's going to be interesting to see uh, 30 years down the line. I saw, saw, saw someone on Twitter saying they want, like, um, we're going to talk about how Colby Covington wants a best of seven with Kamar Usman. They were saying that they want that between Gaethje and Chandler, and they're just, they, they don't care about their well-being if that's the case. <laughs> Yeah, Ugh. that I mean that's that would be a freaking fantasy though. Oh. Tell you that. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, in terms of actual health, um, please never make that. I don't want to see. Them, I don't think I want to see them fight each other again. Really. <laughs> but who knows? There's always a chance that we might even get that. Just depending on what Conor McGregor does to uh, the lightweight title. Of course, we'll be talking about that one a little bit later. Then go after that fighter that kind of took us, took our hearts, and ran with it. What fight do you think has been the most disappointing so far? There's a couple names that you could list. I mean, Conor McGregor has gone um, TKO'd twice this year. Um, Jorge Mazal one brutal knockout loss. And then besides that, has been dead silent, unless it's been in regards to Jake Paul. Um, you have John Jones, who's done absolutely nothing, even though we're anticipating a return. Well, he hasn't fought anyone inside the octagon. Outside the octagon, that's a whole other story. At least the flip side of what Chael Sonnen does. You know, taking on five guys in one night. Freaking savage right there. And then also, another name that it might be controversial, but I want to throw it out is Nick Diaz. Because he ha there is a lot of hype going on behind him in his return into the octagon against Robbie Lawler. And then, well, we know what happened. You know, so what do you think? Do you have one from that list? Do you have a separate one? Uh, I mean, I think all the guys that you listed are pretty solid. The only one that I'd possibly say could be added, and it's it, it pains me to say because of how successful a year they had in 2020, but Kevin Holland. Mm, yeah. 0-2-1 oh, oh, this year. One no contest, two losses. Really could have been three and losses. And mind you, the losses weren't to bad people. I mean, except for, obviously, the, the no contest to Kyle was a little mm -hmm. questionable, but that fight didn't get to play out. Um, but the other two, I mean, Vittori for one, and then who was the other? Um, Derek Brunson. I think it was, yeah, it was Brunson for yeah. sure. Blonde-haired yeah, Brunson. Yeah, blonde right? Brunson, who's a different animal apparently. Sheesh. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's not like he was getting his butt kicked by guys that are below him necessarily, but it was just a lackluster year, and it kind of disappointed me personally. Mm -hmm. That's super fair, especially... It's also hard because, it, yeah, in, in any comparison, it's going to be a down year. But also, compared to going 5-0 and in one year as well, that's going to make things a little bit harder, <laughs> understandably so. Yeah, that's crazy, dude. I think he'd still be a good fighter, though. I think, what is he talking about, dropping to 170? Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's, I mean, he's just been hardcore practicing wrestling now for almost, a, I want to say almost a year now. Shoot, man. I'm excited. Still with Hendricks. I want to see him 
you know, successful because if you want to talk about the best entertainers in the business, Kevin freaking Holland is right up there because he only is talking to Khabib and other guys while he's in the middle of a fight. Yeah, he's a, he's a character, man. Uh, so I, I hope that we see a return from him in 2022 because that's ultimately just going to be better for business and he's a fun guy to watch. 100%. And I want to see him succeed. End of story, you know? I concur. We concur here. Um, but we're going to take ahead and, of course, um, before we move on, just one note, drop your thoughts, whether it be on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube comments, on the Rumble comments, at least your five-star review over on Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can find all of those at thefourthlong.com, links to everywhere on the website. Let's know your thoughts on this. What fighter do you think really caught your attention? What fighter really disappointed you this year? And what was your favorite feel-good moment, exciting moment, just anything from this year? There's a lot to choose from. So go ahead, drop your thoughts on that because I really want to see what you guys have as well. But we're going to move into a few stories here. And the first one we're going to start off is I don't know why, but I don't think that Dana White really likes Francis Ngannou. It's really weird, or at least the feeling that it, it, he's giving everyone because it feels like the UFC has just done, done nothing but kind of screw over Francis since he won heavyweight gold, or maybe even before he won heavyweight gold as well. Um, according to Francis's agent, they um, haven't talked for six months. Um, Dana has come out and said he doesn't necessarily mind losing Francis Ngannou if he loses. So um, he's um, the fight against Cyril uh, Gan is his last fight on his contract. Of course, if he wins that, there's a champion clause where his, his contract gets extended for a year or three fights, whatever comes first. And after that, he wouldn't. He, it's where he doesn't. Dana White, he's a really good promoter, but doesn't feel like he's doing a good job here. What do you think about this whole situation? Uh, I mean, it's kind of over my head, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh,. I think it really just kind of depends on how this fight goes. If Francis goes out there and has a really good performance, and I mean, I think we're kind of talking about nothing. Mm -hmm. If Francis goes out there and craps the bed and Cyril Gon takes him to school, then, you know, kind of cut your losses and, and be done with it. Would you? Why would it make sense to lose a fighter like Francis and Gane, though? I mean, what, what pay-per-view has he headlined and got? A certain amount of pay-per-views has he i mean i know he's headlined at least one pay-per-view yeah right? and that that was but i mean um, he's headlined two technically in both of his title fights against ebay so i mean but it's not like he's bringing in crazy viewers is, right? is he a draw i don't think he's a huge draw hmm. i mean i think for hardcore mma mm -hmm. fans like everyone's gonna want to tune in yeah absolutely right? Even for casual fans, like if they see him, they might be like, oh, damn, that's a big dude. But I don't think he has that Brock Lesnar effect. Mm. He doesn't have that Conor McGregor effect that that everyone needs to watch this type of effect. And I think Dana White is very, uh, you know, he, he knows that. Is that on the Ghana or is that. that on maybe UFC is not doing a good enough job promoting him as a fighter? I, mean, I think the UFC does a fine job promoting. I mean, look at all these other fighters the UFC has, mm -hmm. dude. Look at look at all these fighters they have. I mean, I hate to freaking always bring up his name, but Sugar Sean. I mean, all they do is play a couple replays of him, and he builds two million plus followers on Instagram from that. It's really like, I think it comes down to the team you have around you, mm -hmm. 
as well as the promotion from the UFC. And it's like, dude, if you're getting main events in the UFC and you look like Francis and you perform like Francis, you should have no freaking problem being a draw. Mm-hmm. You should have zero problem. But it's just, he's not the most entertaining guy outside of the cage. He doesn't do a lot of content with, uh, I mean, at least to my knowledge, I don't, I don't really keep up with no, him. I haven't seen much so either. I don't know if he, if he has like a YouTube or something like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, take, take Sean, for example. He has a YouTube. He has a Twitch. He has a TikTok. He has Instagram. He has Twitter. He has like he's got every single avenue covered to where it's like he can somehow find a way to get into someone's screen mm-hmm. and like possibly reach a new person, right? And just build up that casual fan base. Whereas Francis, I think it's a little more difficult for him, especially because I'm, uh, you know, English obviously isn't his first language, mm-hmm. so he's always going to be a step behind there. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's. Um, it's not really that big of a loss for the UFC. I mean, in heavyweight, you still got John Jones waiting in the wings. Cyril Gaon, if he beats Francis, he's already better than Francis, mm-hmm. and then that kind of takes the luster away from Francis. Did I already say Stipe? Nope, not yet. Stipe? I Derek mean, Lewis dude, there's non-title st- fights. Derek Lewis? You know, I mean, there's plenty of, Chris there's plenty of big fish I mean, in there. He's still on the come up there. Yeah, so... Fair. It's kind of like Francis needs to figure out what he wants to do mm. if he wants to remain champion here he's it's tough man because he's probably got a number and ufc probably has a number and that's probably where what the, what the, where the core of this mm-hmm. argument stems well, the agents from. also talk about how activity has actually been an issue because really we've seen like two fights a year from francis one to two he wants mm-hmm. he wants to be that three fight fighter so i thought that was actually a cool piece where he wants just more activity. Maybe the UFC's just not giving him that. Or, but then again, to your point, it might just come down to, yeah, he wants activity, but he wants activity for a certain amount of money that the UFC isn't willing to give him. Well, and he's under contract right now, so it doesn't even mm-hmm. matter. So it's not like that's it's kind of a null and void point. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, it's it's a weird one, but I know that there's it doesn't matter who you are. There's one person that is feeling really happy about this dispute, and that's Khabib Nurmagomedov with his Eagle FC. Yeah, he'll just sign Francis, dude. Right? <laughs> Jeez. And, le- and hell, I wouldn't be surprised. They're putting the 165-pound division. I wouldn't be surprised if they put in, like, a super heavyweight, or they just do 225 and up, you know? No, I think you have to do 265 and up. 265 and up? You think uh, no heavyweight, but super heavyweight? Or, like, 266, I guess. Yeah. Up. Because you just don't you don't want people in there with big weight differences, man. I just think that would be kind of. I don't well, are know. you saying I mean, maybe you don't you want do. Bob Sap? No, I'm who's that sumo fighter we saw like UFC one or two? Remember that? Dude, that was way before my time. <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to do some research on that. That's one. there was it, it was in one of those really early cards. There was a sumo fighter, or at least like a real fat guy. Um, so who knows? We might be able to see. Uh, it's it's really weird situation. Obviously, it it's essentially going to play out at UFC 270. So we're going to find out pretty soon about the real consequences that all of this is going to have. Now, the next thing we want to talk about here is Colby Covington is still 
give. You can say a lot about him. You can say a lot of negative things about him, but I think one thing that you have to say is that he is relentless when it comes to self-promotion, especially in the promotion of fights or title fights, particularly with Kamaru Usman. Because he's come out in more interviews saying that, uh, talking about a best-of-seven series, essentially, with Kamaru Usman. He's saying that they're both super um, evenly matched, that he's still the best matchup for Kamaru Usman in that division, the most competitive, and that if they had the best-of-seven, even though he's already down 0-2, he'd still be able to win that one. So, I mean, would you complain, first off, if we see these guys fight at least two more times? <laughs> I know I wouldn't. Um, I mean, would I want to see them fight two more times, like, in general? Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, that'd be mm -hmm. cool. But in the grand scheme of things and how that would hold the, the division... And all the other fighters, like, no, nah, I'd kind of have a complaint on that. Um, and Colby Covington is absolutely insane. He's down 0-2. I think at this point with all of the, uh, you know, evidence that we have out there, you know, facts we can pull from, stuff we've mm -hmm. seen, it's going to be 7-0. Shut up, buddy. You don't think he's able to win one fight against Kamar Usman? No. He might not be able to win a fight. How's is he, he still the best matchup for Kamar Usman, though? He's a great matchup. I don't know if he's the best. We still have a couple people out there that got to fight him still. Good point. So let's find like it out. Hamzat? You know, he's got two chances damn near in a row to fight Usman. Yeah. Like, thank you, next. Right. Yeah, Usman did, or Kamar Usman did defend his style against Hori Mazel between that, but come on, did we really think that Hori was actually going to win that fight? Look, if if Colby went and, and won, like, two or three big-time fights in a mm -hmm. row, I'd be like, yeah, sign me up for sure, 100%. He's still the best. If but, Covington beat... I mean, you can't, you can't just keep calling for immediate rematches, and you haven't done shit. Here, if, if Colton Covington fights and beats Hamza Chimaev next fight, should he be able to fight Kamaru Usman next? I'd still like to see him fight one more. I mean, see, like, let's get some new people circulating. Mm -hmm. Let's let some other people get a shot. So no Leon Edwards. <laughs> I'm, I did like I Trevor mean, think... Whitman's response to that since he wasn't his coach and still a new challenge that he would like that fight. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't totally be against that mm -hmm. fight. It just sucks like how it's kind of all come together for for Leon. You know, like the, the performances just have been a little lackluster. Like the, the eye pokes with Bilal, the near knockout with mm -hmm. uh, Nate Diaz there at the end in the fifth round. Mm -hmm. So it, it just it kind of, it, it's a what have you done for me lately? I feel like league mm -hmm. in, or promotion in UFC and what he's done lately is not, I don't know if it's completely title shot worthy. Fair enough. I, I... But he's beat the guys that's in front of him. So, I mean, he's probably the most deserving mm -hmm. Wonder Boy just got beat again, so I mean, the only other thing you could do is probably put like Bilal against Leon, I guess. Or I mean, you put Bilal against Leon. Bilal's gone for Hamzat. Bilal against Burns. Leon against Burns. Hamzat against Burns. I think it's it's going to be between one of those three guys that's going to get the next half yeah. shot. You know? Yeah. <sighs> they have a lot of options. I'm just waiting for them to pull the trigger on something, just so we can get like just something solidified. You know? Like some clarity, like it took forever for them to get the rematch between Izzy and Whitaker booked, but at least now we have some clarity there. We have some something solid. I want that for the welterweight title next. You know, yeah. I, I feel like that's fair. Um, we pretty much have 
for every title, we essentially have the next fight, you know, women's or men's. Um, maybe not women's with Valentina because, I mean, essentially, it doesn't matter. It's just just take the rankings, throw a dart, whoever you land on, just give that to Valentina next and is what it is. Uh, <laughs> you saw Misha Tate's going down? Yeah, going down to 125, right? Yeah. yeah. I think Valentina knocks her out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, me too, but... Head kick? We'll see. Uh, who is calling her out? Oh, uh, Andrade. I was Andrade. Like, Aspen Ladd wants that, but I, Misha Tate's running from Aspen Ladd. It's at the headline. Yeah. Now. Aspen Ladd wants her at 45 or 35. 35. I can't remember. 35. But Aspen Ladd can't make no, 35. She can't. So give that a... Um, go to Bellator where there's actually 45ers. Hell, Aspen Ladd might do best in PFL. So I might be able to win PFL. I mean, it wouldn't be it, it wouldn't be a crazy statement to say that Aspen Ladd could could be PFL champ in 145. Kayla Harrison's in 155, so she doesn't have to worry about that. And I mean, she's not even with a company at this point, so who knows? Aspen Ladd? No, um, Kayla. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Aspen Ladd. I think she still has like one or two fights on the contract. Yeah, mm -hmm. but has to make weight if she wants to stay on that. Uh, <laughs> stay on that. Uh, promotion for at least uh, a little bit longer. But the last thing we're going to talk about here before we get into what the blank with Blake is Jake Paul. <laughs> the biggest star in boxing apparently can't even break 70,000 pay-per-view buys because uh, reports coming out that he's done 65,000 in the rematch with Tyron Woodley. And obviously, he, so he's come out and reviewed these statements um, on his Twitter saying that they're false, saying that he sold way more. Um, do you believe him? And is he going to be asking Woodley back for that Rolex that, that he gifted him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, funny. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy that they only got 65,000 buys, especially because you know, all the claims that Jake Paul makes and how he says he has this crazy huge see, fan base. I think he said the first one did 1.6, right? I don't Maybe remember that was the him number on the first one. But I know that, I know that he said it, it was like at a million, one of his pay-per-views I think he said did a million. Or that might've been, uh, that might've been Logan Paul. Logan and the Mayweather? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't, I that. couldn't tell you the numbers off the top of my head. I don't think any of them broke Sixty-five thousand seems comically low. I, I the mean, funny thing is, just a failure. Is I think it was in the late one hundreds. It was the main event between Amanda Nunes and Raquel Pennington. That did, I think, eighty-five. Yeah, that did eighty-five. So the UFC's worst drawing champion still did more than apparently the next big thing when it comes to boxing. It's not a good look. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising to me, really. It's really not. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's just uh, it's just funny. I mean, because it's all the claims he makes. He he says he's this big superstar, and so all big. these hundreds of thousands of people are going to buy his pay per view no matter what. He can't even reach a hundred k. Like, <laughs> that's terrible, dude. It's awful. That's really bad. And what this is on? He's had stuff on on Showtime. Showtime. This was on Showtime again, right? Uh, imagine this was on Triller. That. I don't know how that company is going broke, by the way. Um, the only reason that they that he's not getting tanked right now is because Showtime already has a bunch of money 
from their boxing stuff. Um, were you surprised by this number? Not really. I mean, I guess since it that it was so low, yeah, mm-hmm. like sixty five thousand is super freaking low. Were like, you thinking hundred? I thought, I thought, yeah, maybe like a yeah. hundred thousand was would be a fair mm-hmm. number. I think that's probably a reasonable number for them to have expected, yeah. especially like you know late replacement, mm-hmm. all that kind of jazz. Uh, but yeah, dude, sixty five thousand. I was a little surprised that it was that low. And Jillson was kind of talking about this too, where he made the point where that. I mean, more often than not, the rematches are had carry more excitement in them than the initial fights do. I don't think it was the same way for this fight. Like, and especially it was just. Well, such... it, I think the first fight kind of hurt. Yeah, them, right. Because like it wasn't that great of a no, fight. It was a bad fight. And now this one, if it wasn't for Jake Paul knocking out Tyron Woodley like that, that up, up until mm-hmm. that punch, that fight was it was way worse. It was beyond bad. It was unwatchable. It was just really the only good part was when Woodley took uh, Jake Paul down and like hit him with the freaking elbow. <laughs> yes. uh, uh. And then every time, but, well, yeah. the, my least favorite part is like they'll clinch, the ref will break him apart, clap him in, they go right back to clinching. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Uh, it's really hard to watch. And then there's still another conspiracy theory that this fight was also um, uh, rigged Rid. because apparently Jake was signaling to. To Willie that he's going to knock him out. Yeah, the, the little like hand I'm motion sure or whatever. Willie, yeah, because if it, if it was rigged, Willie did a fantastic job selling this. He should go into pro wrestling. I mean, sweet damn, he was out. I just don't think I'd ever let another man knock me out for that kind of. I mean, you need to give me a little more money than what <laughs> was offered. I think it was what five hundred k, right? Hopefully he wasn't Guaranteed. big on the pay-per-view buys. 500k in a rolly. I mean, you got to give a little more than that, dude, to get flatlined like that. And ruin your reputation? Yeah. I mean, no one's going to ever remember him as being UFC champion A now, good UFC for, champion, like, hard, too. One of the b- except for hardcore UFC fans. Tyron you know? Willie is literally one of the best welterweights to ever do it. In terms of champion reigns, championship defenses, good performances. Yeah. Now look at him. Getting knocked out by a Disney Channel star. By a YouTuber, man. Wait, no. No, I don't think yeah. it was. I think it was Logan that, that went to that suicide forest, huh? So I can't bag Jake on that. But I think Jake did a stupid thing in Japan. I don't know. They've, they've both done really just, just awful things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was a little bit surprised, but kind of like in your same sense. I was surprised just that they, they exceeded... My levels of discipline already low expectations. Yeah. They but they exceeded in the wrong way, where they went lower than I thought they could. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I'm in I'm in the same page, and then he's trying to do a little fire control on Twitter, and that's going really funny too. And it still amazes me how many people are in his replies defending this man. Like I swear, he's brainwashed thousands of people, and they have to be children. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's weird. Ugh. If his performances were more entertaining, you know, I think he would be doing a little bit better. But his fights, like you said, up until that knockout on Tyron Woodley, are just snooze fests. I want to see a more entertaining so it's, fighter. It's, it's tough for him to. It's I feel like it's tough for him to grow with mm-hmm. not having 
the skills up to par like you should for have it for being the next big thing right. in boxing and all this stuff. Like Canelo, dude, yeah, like if if Canelo had the, the you know the advertising expertise, Paul. <laughs> you know, because Canelo, everyone would be like, "Holy shit, this guy is the mm-hmm. man!" But but uh, it's just different with Paul. You know, he, he's not he's not the man. He, he's a guy that's been boxing for about three years now. Canelo, you can tell. Do with like Logan or Jake Paul's forms of advertisement. A guy that I know that the boys over at Slip the Jab would love this, especially. I think it, it, Lino is a huge fan. Um, Lomachenko, if you give him the publicity that Jake Paul gets, he would be a huge star. Yeah, really. Yeah, the only reason guy I know too. about Lomachenko, a he's a fantastic boxer from what I've seen. The only reason I know about him is because those boys over at Slip the Jab are talking about him. I would have no idea he exists if I'm being honest. Damn, you didn't know about Lomachenko? No, I'm a casual when com- I'm the casual of casuals when it comes to boxing, dude. I don't know anything. He trained with TJ Dillashaw for a little bit. Um, and I think Wait, I remember a little bit. Like, I was listening to, like, maybe JRE or TJ. No, I think it was Food Truck Diaries that, was, that I uh, learned about that. Yeah, I mean, so he's been around for a while, but he uh, he lost his belt to Teofimo. When was this? And then now he's he's kind of just been on the I, I want to say like a mm-hmm. year year and a half ago or so, pretty re- like not like super mm-hmm. recent but somewhat recent. And then Teofimo obviously just lost it to Combosos. True, man. Yeah. No, I I'm I'll admit, man. I don't really know a whole lot about boxing. I know MMA. I know NFL, and those are my brand budget sports. <laughs> Lomachenko, you got some homework, bro. You just got some sweet tape out Absolutely. there. Well. I know what I'm going to be doing with the lack of MMA stuff we got going on. I'll, I'll watch a little of Manchego, make, make those boys over at Slip uh, a little bit happier. But uh, let us know your thoughts on this whole Jake Paul incident. Are you surprised by the lack of pay-per-view buys? Do you think, were you excited about this fight? Even that, were you excited about the rematch? Were you excited about the first one? Did you buy this? Are you one of those poor, poor people that's actually bragging or admitting that you bought this pay-per-view? Because if you are... You, you have a lot of deep thinking to do, and maybe New Year's resolution, don't buy shit pay-per-views. Right there, right? And I will admit, I did watch this, but did I buy the pay-per-view? Did. See, I didn't even stream it, dude. I was, I was out doing stuff. I want to say I was Christmas well, because shopping that day. It was I, after UFC 269, huh? Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I, I went straight Christmas to the mall, I had to get some last minute okay. items. Okay. Then, uh, you know, the boy went to Makuni's, nice little Japanese restaurant. Yeah, that, that's just Japanese food right there. Mm. Dude, I pigged out, bro. Dude, if you're going to do it, you're so. going to do it. Can't Makunis, complain. Man. They have fat rolls, is why I remember. I hate sushi. Oh. So you... But I love sesame chicken. I love edamame. Oh, I love the gyoza. sesame chicken. Don't even get me started. Miso homie. soup. Miso soup. Sesame no. chicken, the miso soup. Ooh. Trying to think of any, uh, what else I got. That's, that's pretty sesame, much about it, really. All you need is sesame chicken, rice, miso soup, and tempura. I like tempura for mm-hmm. sure, but I, I can't eat seafood stuff. I don't know. I just don't like seafood. I'm weird. It's like a texture thing. I don't know. It's just like squishy. And... <laughs> there's so, there's certain ones that I that I have had and it's been okay. Like halibut, decent. Right. I mean, dude, I had lobster one fish, time that was good. Fish. It's all good. You know, mm, fried catfish. Yeah, uh, fuck, what, was, what did I have in Mexico this year? I, I had, uh, they like took some of Chilean the sea bass. Dorado, the Dorado Ooh. that we caught and they, and they fried that shit mm-hmm. up, put in some like panko breadcrumbs and, and like, you know, lime mm-hmm. juice and lemon juice all over it. And 
had this like tartar sauce yeah. that was super Dude, also, good. Any fish, like ninety nine percent of fish you catch, if you deep fry it, it's going to taste great. Like catfish, that's the only way to to cook catfish actually, just because it, it's kind of a dirty fish. It's a bottom feeder, so yeah. you have to fry it. If you grill catfish, it's going to taste bad. <laughs> <laughs> the only fish I like grilled or or that I like grilled is probably like salmon. Salmon. Dude, give me some salmon. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Told you guys, health and nutrition and also a food show as well. So go ahead. I'm going to use all the tags possible. <laughs> Got to get those views up, baby. We're a health and wellness health show. And, health and wellness, fitness, sports. Just We're just everything, man. Psychology. Yes, we do a little bit of psychology. Um, math. We, we do MMA math. Um, science. Yes. Yes, we'll do, we'll do some science too. Chemistry. Or physics? No, we're, that we're physics. Absolutely. You went the one, the hot chip or whatever. Yes, yes. That was a that was a science experiment. Of course, that was a design experiment on my um, colon and my digestive tract. So go ahead, check out that video. On your large intestines and small intestines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. We don't gotta get into specifics. Hey, go check that one out. Also, we're a finance show as well because we did that for charity. And also, our cards a sock show. That we release every other Friday coming out um, this Friday on the 31st. So bring in the new year with a new episode of Card Songs. And we're going to be doing a little bit of going hand in hand with this. We're going to be focusing this week on MMA cards. Because that's a new uh, new part of the industry game start. So go ahead and check that one out, of course. But, Blake, we're going to roll on into What the Blank with Blake. And we got a few fun ones here. Um, of course, if you guys don't know how this works, I give three statements to Blake every single week. And it's up to him to fill in the blank with whatever he wants. It could be a word, could be a number, could be a phrase, could be an entire essay. I don't care. It's all up to him and his twisted mind that I still don't understand how it works. But Blake, the first blank I'm going to give you is that the Conor McGregor versus Charles Oliveira rumors are blank. Uh, they are making Justin Gaethje curl his fist in a ball <laughs> and wave it in the air and grit his teeth. Is that a good answer? I like it. it, it it's your answer, man. I, I'll go with any answer you give me. Yeah, it's, those rumors are making Justin Gaethje very angry. Are they true? Is there truth to him? Conor McGregor's straightened partners talk about this. 100%. Cavanaugh's talked about this. Is Conor going to fight Charles Oliveira next? I don't think he fights him next, but, I mean, I think there's a little bit, you know, it could happen. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. Give me a percentage. I'm, but I'm thinking most likely Give me it does percentage. Happen. I'd say, I'd say there's probably, for that fight to happen right now, for that to be his first fight to come back to, I would say there's like a 5% chance. And I think that's being pretty generous. And also. Just because it. Conor McGregor in a title fight is always going to be huge money. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if it doesn't make sense, he's still going to get one, like what one point three million buys. I think is his worst. Yeah. So you're breaking big with Conor McGregor. What you doing? Maybe that's not his. That might not be his worst, but he's going to get at least a million buys. Yeah. You know that. And the only he's going to get money. He's going to get paid. He's he's going to get shot at the title. But the only problem is, is that if he fought Charles Oliveira, Charles Oliveira would work his ass. I well, I believe that. To an extent, the only problem is my one 
My one problem with that is we all know Conor McGregor is a first-round fighter. Charles Oliveira has gone 10-8 in his last two first rounds. Yeah. But if as soon as that, that first horn rings and it goes into the second round, it's it's game over. Yeah, but Conor's always going to have that touch of death. Yeah. Charles Oliveira has a freaking chin. That's the one thing he's shown most. The interesting fight. I mean, I pay to watch it, so I think there's a little bit of truth to it, but I just don't think that that's the fight the UFC would, would have Conor come back to. It's really hard to Here. make that make sense. You want to know what, what does make sense, though? Two huge title fight, two huge money fights. Conor McGregor's first fight back is um, against Nate Diaz, and then if Conor wins that, he goes and fights for the title. Right? Can you book that? The only problem with that is Diaz won't be fighting at 55. No, it'll be a 170-pound fight. But when has that ever stopped the UFC? Tough to say, man. I don't know. Yeah. It's 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 really, really, really hard to speculate on Connor's shit. Like, it's probably one of the most difficult fucking things. I mean, who saw the Poirier rematch coming out of nowhere? That's that's a very good point. Um it's hard to make predictions when it comes to Conor McGregor. The only person that make uh, de- decisions when it comes to him is himself because, you know, he is Mystic Mac and he does predict these teams. So, who knows? Who knows what's in that uh, little little see-through ball? Whatever the hell that... Uh, what are those? I, I'm blanking. What are those, like, little... Crystal yeah, balls? Yes, a crystal ball it, that those scam artists use. Yes, yes, that one, indeed. I'll read your palms, and I'll tell you that you got sweaty palms. Statement number two is that the thing I learned most about MMA in 2021 is blank. Um... Probably, like, bones make disgusting noises when they break or get dislocated. I feel like this year, this year specifically, we saw a lot of that crap happen, Mm -hmm. you know, with Weidman, McGregor. Jamal Hill. uh, Souza, Jamal Hill. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm probably forgetting a few others. No, Sean O'Malley was last year. Well, he didn't really break anything. Yeah, uh, Yeah, good point. He... He rolled his. He just got his perennial. He got his nerve kicked. Hey, hey, it's still, still undefeated. Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. It wasn't. I mean, come on, guys, get your calcium in, right? It, it just, stuff just looked brutal. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd like to see a, a stat for that to see, you know, if, if this year was like the most amount of broken bones in the UFC, because it just seems like it happened decently often this mm-hmm. year. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like that. Another thing I would like to throw in there is that, honestly, the UFC Apex is in a bad place to host Five Nights. No. I I don't mind having Fight Nights at the Apex and pay-per-views in actual arenas. I wasn't expecting to think that either. Yeah, and I think that's what they're, they're probably going to go to a mixture in the in the years coming. Like, you know, the, depending on COVID situations. Yeah, maybe like the bigger fight nights are at the arenas, maybe smaller. I think if they have a fan base, mm-hmm. they'll probably if they have a fighter that's from that area, they'll probably, you know, put that on put that fighter on that card, and then for everything else, that's not going to be too heavily favored. They'll probably just keep it the apex. The only thing that does suck though is that the UFC has had multiple 
bike nights, smaller ones, albeit, but up here in Boise, Idaho, at a, uh, at, I, I don't think it's CenturyLink anymore. I think they, someone, I think they changed the name, but it's like a arena. It hosts like the local hockey team. It hosts like college basketball tournaments, and most importantly, it hosts the fights, um, the fight nights of our local MMA promotion up here, Front Street Fights. Um, it's a cool arena. It only seats like five thousand, so I don't see the UFC coming up for a. a 5,000 fans, you know. So, all I know is that if I want to see a UFC card, I'm going to have to do some driving or flying. <laughs> maybe I'll uh, have to go to, like, maybe the Pepsi Center in, in Denver or something like that. I'll get lucky. Or shoot, dude. Yeah, I might have to be like Lino and get VIP tickets to uh, the Apex. Yeah, I think that's out of the budget right now, though, bud. <laughs> Just a little bit. I already blew most of the budget on your Christmas gifts. <laughs> Hey, but if you want to play it, suits you right. I don't have a budget, and I'm still giving out all my employees' uh, Christmas gifts. All right, that's just how I roll, man. So go ahead if you want. If you if you have a talent, I don't know. Hell yeah, throw me a resume, send me an email, uh, hit, hit me up in my DMs. I just want to see. I would not mind. Uh, I do everything. <laughs> Blake, you're, you have a good job. You retweet a few things. You know, they, you come on for an hour and a half a week. It's a good time. Good gig. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's a good volunteer. It's good volunteer work. Technically, you're not volunteering. You're getting paid, but just very, very, very below minimum wage. Technically, I have not received a dime. You are getting a you. shirt, which is payment. <laughs> it's not worth my services. No one wants your services anyway. If you really want to be a sham, just go work for like Bloody Elbow. Apparently, they hire anyone. Yeah, I'm cool off that. I'm already blocked by most of those guys. <laughs> if you're not blocked by most of Bloody Elbow or Bilal Muhammad, what are you really doing on Twitter? Are you blocked by Bilal? Not yet. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised. You say one bad thing about him, he'll block you. But, you know, it's his right. It's his Twitter. Just, you know. To each their own. Yeah, pretty much, man. Um, but the last statement of the year, Blake, of... What the blank with Blake is that blank is gym of the year of 2021. And why is the team alpha male? Gym of the year. Gym of the year. Yeah, I don't really have a good fucking answer for this Wanna one. Do city? It would, yeah, I was going to, that was the only name that was really coming to mind. It was probably like city kickboxing i mean honestly that's my pick it, it is a kickboxing because i mean they have two of the most dominant champions and you um but have they even been training there this year yes and no but i mean there's maybe not at the physical gym but you know they're still a team and they're moving city kickboxing actually to i think Ve las vegas, vegas right? right i think so i don't they're I don't coming know to america that, that's that. that's for sure like eddie murphy man um, yeah, that's probably that's probably got my vote. about Volk? Because I mean, that's got Volk. You got Adesanya. Got Kaikar France coming up. Tied to Ivasa too, yes. right? I feel like maybe. Uh, but Kai, man, Kai has a, uh, a Brad, title. Brad Riddell. He has number one contender fight coming up here in February against Askar mm -hmm. Askarov. That's a banger. That's a banger. First of all, I know that's going to be on the list. Yeah, they fought. Yeah, I feel like they fought before. Um. I don't think so. I, 
I, or maybe that was uh, that might be Brandon Moreno. I'm getting confused. Yeah, with. yeah. Because wasn't Askarov that kind of kicked Moreno out of the UFC? Dude, Brandon Moreno beat uh, Kaikara France already. I know that. That must have happened a little bit ago, huh? And he bare dang Kaikara France won a split decision against that Hollyan Pai. Dude, Hollyan is a savage. Uh, even though he just lost to Sugar Sean, he's still a really good fighter. He's he's definitely not the can, if that's that's for sure. Yeah, Askarov was a split decision, mm-hmm. or uh, I'm sorry, a draw, a split draw somehow. I don't know. Oh, yeah, he fought those guys back to back though. That's kind of weird. He fought yeah. Askarov and then France back to back. We got some fun stuff coming up for the flyweights. But dude, yeah, Askarov is nice, man. He's beat Benav- Joseph Benavidez. Um, he, that Alexander was Joey's last Pantoja. fight in, in MMA, right? Uh, I think yeah. so. Tim Elliott. But the only weird thing about that was Askarov missed weight, and I think that's why he's caught a lot of flack. Mm. And he hasn't fought since March of 2021. Yeah. So. Hey, all I know is that whoever wins this fight is probably getting the next hell shot. His last three wins, though, against three of probably the best in that division. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm super excited. I think that 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 trilogy fight is going super under the radar right now between Figueredo and, and Moreno at 270. I don't think anyone's talking about that one, really. Man, if Figueredo wins that, are they going to do a fourth fight right away? I don't think I complain. Because at that point, it's like one, one, and one. Yeah, I think you have to. Well, I mean, did he tech? He tech. Did, was it a draw the first one, or was that a split it was a draw. win for? Okay, I think you have to, right? That's the fight. That's the fight. I think I, I like. see. Yeah, that would just be weird. I bet you that there's probably either it's never happened before, or it's very, very rarely happened before in in, in the UFC. Yeah, it was a majority draw with the Davison Figueroa. Yeah, and he well, he was a winner on one scorecard and then a draw on two, I believe, right? Yeah. Figueroa was, yeah, I believe. Yeah, exactly. Shoot, dude. I, I, I'm almost more excited for that fight. Well, I no, I would say I'm more excited for Ngannou versus Gon just because, you know, heavyweights also, there's a lot of implications outside the octagon riding on Ngannou and Gon, but... Don't don't sleep on this trilogy. It's a really good fight. It's a really freaking good fight and a really good for the first co-main of the pay-per-view of the year. That's really good stuff. Yeah, we'll see how much training with Triple C is going to help yeah. out uh, Figueredo. It might help his promo game, or at least um, no. We see. So what's happening right now is that Figueredo himself is is training MMA with Cejudo, and then when they're not doing that, Cejudo is training with um, Figueredo's um, uh, translator, right, to work on the promos. Uh, that's probably the case, and unfortunately so for uh, for Figueredo. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm excited for that. And then John Jones training with Henry Cejudo too. So Henry Cejudo is just getting everyone at this point. Maybe he'll be coach of the year next year. Yeah, a couple princes of cringe. John Jones is cringy, but just because he's kind of a piece of shit. And speaking of John Jones, let's roll on Blake into the Nene of the week, and. It is John Jones. It's John Jones because not for what he's done. Well, I, I guess he, he kind of 
did this to himself. But, and we also spoke about Dan Hooker. Let's talk about what Dan Hooker did to John Jones. The only time in the world, in like, we'll ever see Dan Hooker 10-7 John Jones, of course, over on Twitter. Um, because, uh, there's, so the, there's a few tweets that, that came out here. So, um, so Dan Hooker quote tweeted, um, a tweet kind of talking about, um, a Brendan Schaub quote, actually, on Jail Sennon saying that he was protecting his wife unlike John Jones. Dan Hooker went and quote tweeted and said that and said, Imagine beating up five people and not one of them is your wife. Um, with in parentheses, John Jones right now with the explodey head emoji. John Jones replied to that saying, Dan, hangman, um, every opportunity you've had to make a name for yourself and be closer to your boy Izzy. You drop the ball. You can't achieve greatness, so you hop online and attack someone who has. Sounds about right. And while that is a, a decent response from John Jones, I'll, I'll admit, Dan Hooker quote tweeted that and uh, really put the nail in the coffin that said, Life hack. If you don't beat up your wife, family events will become much more enjoyable. Merry Xmas, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Hooker, man. <laughs> Oh, oh, so good. I love that. That that was just freaking great, dude. Yeah, that was some good stuff. Oh, you know, bitch might be overused wood, word, but when Dan, in that kind of sentence right there, Dan Hooker used it perfectly. And he's got a point. No, I... If you don't beat up your family, family events are easier. I think that's safe to say, right? Oh, genuinely, yeah. generally. Super reasonable. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, must to your newfound fanship over Dan Hooker, Blake. Uh, he's one of those guys where I I don't think you can't like him. I don't know how. It's pretty tough. Like I don't know how you're not a fan of Dan Hooker. Yeah, I don't and know. One of the best. Maybe you just hate his face. Right? And know. one of the best parts about that tweet is you know we all know about John Jones. What goes better with cocaine? than a little bit of hookers. But, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for UFC Talk 71. Thank you so much for tuning in, not only to this one, not only to the last one, but to every UFC Talk we had this year. 2021 was a huge year for the show. We grew up and we blew up in like 200% on, on, our, um, on our Spotify, Apple Podcast downloads. We blew up. We're almost at 1,000 subscribers over on YouTube. The MMA stuff, I mean, you guys have been killing it just in terms of the increase in, in the views and downloads that you've given us. And so Truly, you have all been absolutely freaking amazing. And the real banger of the year, Blake, if you don't mind, goes to our audience. Because they've just been nothing but, but you know, Hall of Famers. Hell yeah. I agree. Right. Love you guys. But, of course, a um, little bit of recap on the year this week. Next week is our award show for 2021. Got a lot of great stuff coming out with that one. It's going to be a lot of fun. Fan voting right now is going on over on our socials, so hit, hit us up on our Twitter, on our Instagram. Of course, find the links at thefourthandlong.com, or just look up Fourth and Long Radio on whatever platform you like to. Putting out polls there, so go ahead and vote. We give you four options that we've come to consistency on. Fan voting, go in right there. We'll be dropping our picks next week. And then the week after that is going to be a little bit of a preview of what we can expect from 2022. And besides those, we got interviews coming out. We got a couple more fighter interviews um, in the works right now. So hopefully those will be coming out soon. Um, we'll be doing some collabs with some other fantastic MMA content um, producers. And so 
I can't wait just to fill the MMA void with nothing but fourth along because you know Blake, we're not here to take part. We're here to take over. All right. Oh yeah, I love that. Absolutely. But Blake, my man, you've been amazing this year. So I got a fun one for you. In one word or phrase, describe twenty twenty one. I fucking hate this shit. <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. There's that. Um, Blake, I do appreciate the couple bangers that you've given us in the last few weeks. One, I fucking hate this shit. And my favorite, my favorite of the year, actually, though, is it's fucking good, though. I mean, it doesn't take much to impress you, I guess. You're a Bronco fan. What can I say? You're going down this week in fantasy, baby. Get that championship money <laughs> ready for me. Your ass is grass. I'm going to mow it. Oh, uh, buddy, oh, buddy, you're going to be three times a uh, loser this year to me. Oh, don't, no, I, I hate the Raiders. I hate... Actually, it would be four times, right? Because you would be one in the championship, one in the regular season, and then two Broncos <laughs> losses, which I count that as personal losses If I losses go 0-4 you. against you this year, I might jump. No, you got one win in fantasy, remember? You got me in, like, week three. Oh, yeah. Like, the week right before the oh, playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, if sorry, if I go 1-4 and four against you this year, I will be... Heartbreak, heartbroken. Still going to have a losing record, but, you know, it's whatevs. Hey, but a losing record's okay as long as I win the championship. Not going to happen, though, bud. It's going, it's do, it's super close on the percentages. And so, all I hope is right now I'm up in, in the predictions. If they say exactly how they're supposed to be, I, I'm a happy camper. They never do. No, they don't. I swear the Yahoo ones are never. I was supposed to lose. I, I had like 40% chance of winning last week. And then I got to like a sixty percent, and then I barely won by three. Oh, it's crazy, Fantasy's, dude! I don't think I'll be able to look at the score until like Monday. Like I just might not look, just because I don't want to worry about it. I just hope my phone's blowing up. That's all I care about. <laughs> just need to see those Yahoo updates. Jonathan Taylor, big play. Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Matthew Safford touchdown pass to someone besides Cooper Cup. Uh, Impossible. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, you guys have been fantastic. And just remember, at the end of the day, it's fucking good, though. We'll see you next year, guys. Woo! See you in... Oh, I hate those jokes. I hate those jokes already. I will already apologize. We'll see you in a week. Have a good New Year's, ladies and gentlemen. Don't blow up your fingers with fireworks. And also, um, just just enjoy life. Congrats on surviving another year. And we cannot wait to see all of you on the other side.